be travelling. But instead, we're making this podcast. I'm Stu Wright. And he's joined by Paul Marshall. And on today's episode, we're talking about whether or not it's better to go to new places and new countries or return to the ones that you love so dearly. So much world, so little time off. So true. Stuart, what's your favourite country? The country that I probably got the most enjoyment out of whilst travelling there was Iran. Iran? Yes. Will you go back to Iran? I really hope so. And I, I look, I, I plan to. I was even offered at the last day of my trip a very enticing invitation to go back. I stayed with a family when I was in Iran on two separate occasions, so totaling about five days. And at the end, the mother of the family that I was staying with, who was translating through their, their children, said to me that I have to come back to Iran for her son's wedding. A wedding invitation? Yeah, it was a wedding invitation, which I really... There's no way that I could say no to a wedding in Iran. The only catch is that her son, who was 29 at the time, was single, no girlfriend, no prospects. Okay, so you've got a wedding invitation pending. Yes. An actual wedding. Exactly. So maybe you're going to get there again for the wedding. Yes. But we'll have to find out. Oh, yeah, exactly right. Now, Paul, what is your favorite country? My favorite country to travel in used to be Thailand and I went back there multiple times okay uh, now it's Japan Ooh. and I'm going back there in November oh very exciting so if in terms of me actually going back there uh, I'm pretty excited about doing it uh, I'm going to a bunch of places that I haven't been before so I'm going to Okinawa and Ishigaki uh, and then I'm flying back to Hiroshima to do a bunch of cycling around there which I've been to before so I've been to Tokyo and uh, and Hiroshima before but uh, Okinawa and Ishigaki will be new. So it'll be a mix of old and new all in, in the one trip? Exactly. Old and new all in one. Excellent. And what caused the shift from your favorite country being Thailand to Japan? Uh, it's. I think I've probably grown... I mean, I've aged a little bit. And so what I'm searching for is kind of a little bit different now. Um, and I've just spent like lots of time in Thailand. And I obviously love it heaps. But now when I go there, I don't really feel that same kind of rush of excitement that you get when you're traveling. I, I think I've become so familiar with it that it feels like a second home to me. Sure. And I'm always going to go back there because I love it so much. But right now it's not high on the agenda as in terms of places that I want to travel to. I think the place that I want to travel to the most currently is Japan in terms of places that I've already been to. And would you say that level of unknown, uncertainty is still very much present for you in Japan? Yes and no. I think that when uh, when I go to Tokyo, that's going to feel very familiar. I'm staying in a similar place. I um, I'll be going to similar restaurants, and, and it's something that I'm really I really understand and I really enjoy. But when I go to Okinawa and Ishigaki, they're going to be very different, and I think them being really different is going to be kind of nervous and exciting. Yeah, awesome. All right, so let's talk about new places and old places that you've traveled to more broadly. Okay. Um, so what would you say would be some of the advantages of going to a new place, somewhere you've never traveled before? I think that's like one of the main tenets of traveling. Yep. You know, I think seeing new things is one of the reasons why people travel in the first place, you know. Like I know that's what drew me to to going overseas. I wanted to see new things. And if you're constantly going back to places that you've already been to, you're not really tapping into that. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree. Paul, would you say you're one of those people that when you go to a restaurant, you will order something off the menu that you're pretty familiar with, that you know you really enjoy, or are you someone who would take a risk? I like taking risks at restaurants. I know that you are a big risk taker at restaurants. Almost too big at times, much to my own demise. I have seen you eat some things that are a bit weird and even you haven't enjoyed them. I, cl- I very much remember a avocado shake that you got in Myanmar that, I mean, hey, kudos to you for ordering it, but you didn't look like you enjoyed it. Look, 
that is very true and I can't deny any of that. But yeah, I'm always always a risk taker when it comes to ordering off the menus, especially if I've got a fairly good idea of like what if there's something I don't like in it, then I'll stay away from it. But otherwise I'm very happy to to gamble at a restaurant or a menu. Would you would you say that applies to your uh, your travel philosophy as well? There, there's definitely some extent where it, it applies to my travel philosophy. I'm definitely drawn to places that have a lot of unknown and uncertainty. Uh, so there are definitely places where there are times where I've picked travel destinations because I'm like, this will be completely new. I don't know what I'm going to do. They have no idea. And there are even times where like I would be prepared to book a flight without doing much research and be like, I know... I'm very interested in going to a place that has this much level of uncertainty and I'm vaguely aware that the things that, that I know I'll do and enjoy. What's the least amount of research you've done before booking a flight? Oh, what's, uh, so I booked a flight last year from uh, Barcelona to uh, to Tel Aviv and I'd, I'd done no research on but neither, either Israel or Jordan where I was going to next. Um, but actually the least amount of research I did, uh, was definitely booking a flight to Mongolia. I had done absolutely no research into Mongolia. I guess it's just all vast and expanse and I kind of knew that. Yeah. But, uh, I'd, I'd done no, no research whatsoever into, into that trip. And how'd that trip work out? Absolutely loved it. Absolutely okay. loved Mongolia. So you didn't really need to do the research. Look, I felt like what I hadn't prepared had prepared me enough. So the message we're sending to people about traveling to new places is sometimes it's better to not do that much research and just go for it. There are definitely times, but then there have definitely been times where I've gotten to places and wished I'd done more research, particularly places where there is a large level of tourism and you just need to book things in advance because, you know, certain museums, art galleries, whatever... Uh, you know, they sell out. Can you give me an example? Uh, so the Ghibli Museum in, uh, in Japan was definitely one where I couldn't get into because I think you have to get tickets like six months in advance. Yeah, I think, well, I think you can only, you can only buy tickets. Uh, I think it's something like three months. Okay. Uh, or, or it's something weird and you have to get them sent to a certain place. We, Steph and I did it. Uh, yeah. It was good. I don't think you missed out on a huge amount. Sure. But it was fun. I yeah, mean, yeah. it was a good way to kill a couple of hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, looks They're, like I haven't missed out on too much. No. I mean, they, they show they show a really cool, um, uh, like an animated film that's like it's just uh, something something random that Hayao Miyazaki did, uh, and I think he narrates it. Although I'm not sure because it's all this <laughs> it's all this really weird. It's like a caterpillar, and the caterpillar is making all this weird noise. Yeah. And it's eating these leaves, and everyone's laughing, and I'm like, why are people laughing? And then at the end, there was Japanese writing on it, and everyone burst out laughing. <laughs> And Steph and I were like, ha ha, ha. Good, good, good punchline. Yeah. yeah. And so my assumption was that it's actually Miyazaki. And it sounds a bit like him as well. And yep. so it's like, it's Miyazaki doing all the voice acting, which makes it kind of funny. And then when it shows on screen, it's like, oh, so funny. Uh, but we didn't get it. But anyway, yeah. we went to the, the good thing about going to the, Ghibli Museum was we had a really good lunch afterwards. Ooh. I preferred the lunch to the museum. Okay, that says a lot. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Paul? Is there a trip that you've bought flights or a place you bought flights to that you did almost no research before buying those flights? Uh, yeah, Cuba, I oh, think. Yeah. Did very little research about Cuba. Got dr- I was in Mexico and I got drunk uh, and was like, I'm going to go to Cuba. Were you perhaps <laughs> drinking Cuba Libres during this? I was not. I was, okay. at, I was at an Argentinian bar drinking, mo- not mojitos. Oh, what were we drinking? I know I was having Pacificos and there was some other cocktail. What's a yeah. mezcal, I think. Sure. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we just decided to, oh, let's just go to Cuba. Didn't work out that great. Uh, 
That's a shame. Yeah. So you would probably lean towards doing a little bit of research before booking flights then? It, I think mine was more that I didn't really enjoy Cuba that much. Uh, I think that if I had done a lack of, I, I hadn't researched that much about some of the other places I've been to, I would have enjoyed it way more. Uh, like I think actually a good example is I didn't book a flight there, but when I got to Latvia, I'd done no research about Latvia, yep. didn't know anything about it. I just turned up out of St. Petersburg and was like, all right, I guess I'm in Latvia now and had the best week. Okay. That's awesome. Well, yep. I guess because we ha- we've talked about it many times, but our trip to Myanmar was very fun with a few of our friends. And yeah. one of the moments that I, that kind of really stuck with me was when one of our friends, Tim admitted to the group that he thought he confused Myanmar for Borneo. And so for a good six months, having the flights to Myanmar was pretty certain he was flying to Borneo. I did not know that. Yeah. So I think the Malaysia Myanmar confusion might have been, I'm not too sure exactly how it happened. How did he do that? It baffles me that he even, even in the chat that we have, because I've read over that chat before, because I wrote some stuff about it. He even made a smart ass joke about like Myanmar and Burma being like, oh, why don't we go to the other one? Yeah. And he still didn't realize. Yeah. It may be, yeah, Borneo, Burma. I don't know where the confusion came from, but much to his chagrin, he certainly embarrassed himself. He did certainly embarrass himself. All right. So there are definitely advantages to going to new places. You've got the culture shock. You've got all this kind of, you know, all your senses are tingling the whole time. There are new things all over the place. Also meeting new people. I think you meet certain types of people when you go to new places. Uh, And also like, you know, if you fall in love with the place, that place at one point was a new place. Yeah, so to find those, you really do need to go to new places. Yeah, definitely. And there'll, there'll be types of food that you'll have never come across before. And you will only get to come across them because you're traveling in these new places. You can even walk into like a supermarket or a convenience store and see, you know, snacks and lollies you've never seen before. And, you know, that is actually quite a fun thing to do when you... Yeah, I love I love going to supermarkets. I like supermarkets or going to... Like, I love Japanese 7-Elevens. Oh, so good. It's so so good. good, you know, and like and just going to other cultures and seeing the kind of thing that's like... When you go, if I'm drunk at like 1am here in Sydney and I'm like, I need to get something to eat from this convenience store or something, seeing the foreign equivalent of that is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, But then I guess there are definitely disadvantages to traveling to new places at times. Like, you know, you could potentially be stuck in a new place, for instance. Uh, You could also, you know, you could go to a place that it turns out that you you don't enjoy and you've already got your, you've booked your flights there, obviously, but you've your return flight already exists in two weeks time and you're kind of like, oh, this isn't what I was looking for. I, I didn't go to a tried and tested place. Has that ever happened to you, Stuart? Uh, look, I, I would say it probably happened most in Manila in the Philippines. And so part of that was just unfortunate. Like Manila's a bit of a hub when you're going from place to place in the Philippines, being the capital. Uh, but also I got screwed over a bit in that there was a typhoon going through the country at the time which obviously is very unfortunate for many reasons yeah uh but it cancelled one of the flights that we had so then we had to get another flight which was then to manila as opposed to el nido which is beautiful part of the country uh and so then flew into manila the same day that the pope was there and the whole city was not only losing its mind but also shut down so the trains weren't working like the subway had just shut down and all the streets were closed. They had all these like, I don't know, su- you know, security presence next to the Pope Mobile. And so to get from the pretty much the, the main, from one bus station to the other, which is the only way we could get, get out of Manila at that time, we had to walk some 10 kilometers with our backpacks. It was slightly sprinkling and all the roads were closed because the Pope was going through. The only slight silver lining was one of the roads that we got stuck at. 
the Pope drove past in his Pope mobile. The Filipinos were losing their mind, but because they're all average high is like, I don't know, just over five foot. I had the perfect view of the Pope while every other Filipino was climbing on each other's shoulders, like trying to get a glimpse of, you know, the Pope who was just a massive figure there. And I just was like, oh yeah, there he is. Oh, Francisco or whatever his name is. I'm not, not too sure. I mean, seeing the Pope is pretty cool. It was very cool. But I think I would rather go to, where was the other place? Uh, was El Nido. Like- El- yeah, I think I've heard some cool things about that, and it's meant to be quite beautiful. Uh, so I would much rather do that than see the Pope. Yeah, I look, it was unfortunate how it worked out, but yeah, it was definitely like just got stuck in Manila and spent too many days there. It's a pretty dirty city, not not a lot happening, not a lot kind of entices you there. And so that's certainly happened to me. Have you been stuck in a place, Paul? Yeah, I actually had... Uh, fun, I- bring back Cuba but like I had the exact same experience in Cuba so we got stuck in a in a typhoon there um well not a typhoon a whatever like a tropical storm whatever you want to call it in the Caribbean um and yeah we got we got stuck in one there and the whole place flooded and all the roads closed and they didn't have the infrastructure to do anything and so all we did is we were staying in one of those what are those things called that you stay in? I can't uh, remember. Casa Particular. Yeah, something like that where it's like you, you're like in someone's house and you're just staying there. I yeah. can't remember what they're called, but we were staying in one of those and the place was like flooded. Yeah. There was no other accommodation. We're just like in this place. It's pissing down every day. There is nothing mm. for us to do. We're just sitting in like a shitty house with the rain coming down, mm. eating terrible food because the food in Cuba absolutely sucks. It's, it's atrocious. Like, it's terrible. The, like, the beers are crap. The food is crap. The people are like really odd. Yeah, and it is hard to get a genuine experience in Cuba. That, yeah. that was certainly my experience. Yeah, and it just was not really that pleasant, hey? And so we were stuck there and not enjoying ourselves. And I was, I would definitely say my drunken decision to go <laughs> and, and book my flights to Cuba, I, yeah. I would say that in terms of the disadvantages of going to new places, I definitely found in Cuba. I was like, yeah, I would have rather had just stayed in Mexico yeah. and saved my money on the flights and, and just gone and done some cool, more cool shit in Mexico. Because I, I love Mexico. Mexico is one of my favorite countries. Mm. Uh, and, I, you know, I left to go to Cuba, which I very much didn't enjoy. Yeah. And I imagine the whole time you're in Cuba, you're probably not only comparing it to Mexico, but just thinking that I could be in Mexico right now. I, I could be at the Argentinian bar once again, getting drunk, but not this time buying flights to Cuba. Yes, I definitely thought about that. Now, I, I do, I, I have similar opinions about Cuba and traveling there, but you know, I certainly think there are positives about it. But one thing that I did quite enjoy about Cuba was you'd get off a bus entering a new city. And as soon as you got off the bus, because the internet wasn't, isn't really a thing there, you can't really book accommodation in advance because of, you know, this lack of internet. You get there and then 20 people who all own one of these Casas Particularis, the kind of homestays there, will then be shoving pieces of paper in your face trying to promote their, their Casa to you so that you'd stay with them. So I think uh, changing nature of uh, travel, uh, it's actually now, uh, we booked all of ours online. Oh, See, that disappoints me a little bit. Yeah, we book, I mean, I, I don't know how long ago you were there, but now you, so they're getting, you get internet on these phone cards. So okay. they buy, buy phone cards with internet on it. And then they have public Wi-Fi in like parks. Mm-hmm. And so you go to parks and all it is, is like Cuban guys and girls sitting around, like huddled around phones, looking at YouTube videos and stuff. That's so bizarre. And there's like hundreds of them and they all just sit around in parks with these like internet cards and they'll sit there and just like be on the internet. 
Yeah, so, right. so internet is coming to Cuba, um, coming slowly, and it's sure. really terrible. Yeah, but we, yeah, we booked all our accommodation um, online, uh, yeah. and we, we thought we were doing something good by doing that, being like, oh yeah, we can scout things out and we can yeah. see what places are like, and it was fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because so I was there in 2013. So there was only a five year difference between you know the way that you book these homestays in Cuba. But one of the things that I do remember, not only would they shove photos of the homestay in your face, then they would pull out their review book, which was just like an A5 book where they'd got their guests to write in. And it would have reviews where it would be like, oh, look, the food's delicious or whatever. But you'd flick through the book and multiple pages have been ripped out. So obviously someone left a bad review. Yeah. It's not like your TripAdvisor or your online forums where it kind of stays. They just, you know, they've got the, the you know, the, they can, the trump card. They just rip out a page and like... But they have the technology to remove the yes. review. All 100%. It's quite incredible. They're obviously, you know, running very good homestays there in Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, so that, oh, so that we've talked about some advantages and yeah. some disadvantages of going to new places. Yeah. And uh, I guess that, you know, Cuba certainly stands out for both of us. <laughs> one of the, the disadvantages. One of the disadvantages. Uh, but then there are also advantages and disadvantages of going to places you've been to before. So, oh, definitely. Can you, Paul, can you think of some advantages of you know, when you're revisiting a place. So I can say without a shadow of a doubt, uh, every time I go to Thailand, which has been probably about nine times now mm-hmm. at this point, I don't know. I've been there a lot on multiple yeah. trips. It's just all the sex tourism, right? <laughs> you always get me with these things. Last <laughs> last week it was the eyes. This week it's this. Trying to throw this this shade out at me, man. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the... Um, the the thing I really love about going to Thailand every like repeatedly is I always discover new stuff about it. Yeah. So I, every time I go, I just I discover something new and awesome, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, this is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I've uh, well, well, we'll get to disadvantages about it in a sec. Sure. But yeah, just discovering all these new things about a country that is like so varied depending on where you go. Uh, because that's the thing, a lot of countries that you go to, you can go to one place and it can be completely different to another. Like going to the US particularly yeah like there are places in america which it's like going to a different country you know when you go to california it's going to be completely different to going to chicago or it's going to be completely different to going to new orleans just going to be like everything's just so different Uh, and so you can go and explore and discover new things and then it's specifically back to thailand because i've been there so much Mm. uh, i have a my, my tie is pretty good yeah and so i'll be able to get around really easy easily and so I will be able to unlock things that I wouldn't have been able to unlock if I was there just for my first time because I wouldn't know what to do and I wouldn't know how to, you know, I wouldn't know what to look out for. Yeah. So what would you say is the best thing you've unlocked given, you know, you've got some insider knowledge to these Thailand or somewhere else where you've revisited? I think, uh, I think it's basically just been a lot of like meeting certain locals and hanging out with them. Plus, just finding really cool spots that I wouldn't, you wouldn't otherwise be like, oh, I've got, I will go to this spot. Like there was one, one, one place that I absolutely love is called Koh Mac, mm-hmm. which is an island off Koh Chang. So that when you go to Koh Chang, it's like you got Koh Chang, Koh Mac, and Koh Kut. Koh Kut is gorgeous, so it's like really, really beautiful. Koh Chang is like a larger island, so there's a lot more infrastructure and a lot more places to stay. And then Koh Mac is this other random little island that's not particularly popular. Yeah, uh, it's not really that developed. It's owned by four Thai families, and okay. so they don't allow development on the island. So they only develop the amount that they're happy with, which keeps the island pretty chill. It's just got a bunch of rubber plantations, um, and yeah, it's like a really, really chill island. And I got there, and it was incredible. Okay, I, I absolutely loved it. And it's not—it's not the most beautiful island, but it's just there's an atmosphere there that's really, really amazing. 
and we were speaking to a bunch of like there was a Thai a Thai guy and a and a Belgian woman who lived there. Um, there were a couple, and we we're talking to them about it, and they were saying because the island has like a really good like family vibe. Yeah, and they went and they were just like showed us all this cool stuff to go and do. Uh, we ended up spending most of our days. There's a um a bar called Coco Cape. It's like Coco Cape Resort, and they have this really amazing bar. And all you do is you sit on the sit at the bar, drink beers, and then just jump out into the ocean, and it's stunning around there. Yeah, so yeah. I just spent most of the day like hanging out there, cycling around these plantations. Uh, and this is the kind of island that I don't think I would have gone to had I been like, oh, I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to go to Copenhagen. I'm going to go to Koh Samui. I'm going to go to Chiang Mai. I'm going to do all the stuff that most other people are doing and what the tourist trail kind of is. I'm not going yeah. to go to this random out of the way island near Cam- the border of Cambodia. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess one of the things for me, one of the advantages of going back to a place you've been to before is that sometimes you've got a lot more freedom. Like you don't get there and feel like you have to do all the touristy things. And obviously that's not something you're ever forced to do. But um, say, for instance, last year I went back to Paris for the second time. So the first time, obviously, went to the Louvre. Like, you're in Paris. It's hard not to go. Also, climb the Eiffel Tower the first time. You know, hard also not to do when you go to Paris. But went back the second time and was just like, there are some beautiful gardens here, some awesome cafes, some beautiful views of the, the Eiffel Tower, which are probably nicer than the view from the Eiffel Tower at times. And so just had a much more enjoyable, pleasant time, just people watching, just sitting in cafes and just like taking in like the beautiful scenery and the gardens without kind of, you know, lining up to see the Mona Lisa and kind of spend 30 minutes getting frustrated at all these really kind of, you know, effectively rude people who were just pushing out of the way just to see these iconic bits of art or whatever. Yeah, I really didn't like seeing the Mona Lisa. I had the same experience. I was like, it's just a circus. It is. It absolutely is. And um, yeah, and so like, being kind of free from those kind of things that you sometimes just need to do on your travels is kind of really, I don't know, yeah, just is great. Would you would you ever recommend or would you ever do this yourself? Let's say you go to a new country. So you're going to a new place you haven't been to before. Yep. And you know there's a list of touristy things to do. Yes. Would you ever purposefully ignore these things to go and do something completely different knowing this information? I wouldn't do it purposefully, but there would definitely be times where I'd be very happy to be like, these are the, these are the tourist norms. I don't need to do any of this. Either it doesn't interest me or I just know that the experience is going to be just a little, like relatively tainted just by the pure number of bodies that are also doing it and just kind of just get in that tourist kind of line and just do what they're expected to do. Yeah. I kind of don't like that, um, that factory nature yeah. to, towards tourism, uh, where it's like there is boxes you need to chip, tick and then you kind of churn through it and you're there with, you know, thousands of other people and then you go and see the thing and then you see all the people who are like all the Instagrammers who are like, I'm going to try and get a photo with none of oh, these people. Yes. So I'm going to climb this fence and I'm going to get a photo of me. So it looks like I'm the only one here. But the yeah. reality is there's like a thousand people around you. Surrounded. Yeah. I think some of the best, um, the best like travel experiences I've had are when I'm at a place and there's just no one there, you know, and Definitely. I've been lucky enough to have that with some really cool places in the world. Mm. And I think just having that lack of tourists around. Yeah. You know, it it does really help you enjoy a place a bit more. I couldn't agree more. And so I think I found that most probably in Egypt, like was going to all these pyramids and temples and just had a vague idea of when all the buses would roll in and roll out and would just schedule my, you know, visits to those places 
at different times and you would just have entire complexes to yourself. You would have, you'd find these little, little like hidden chambers as well. And you'd get all these, like the, the Egyptian security guards would point, you'd be like, Oh, make sure like you go downstairs, down this ladder and check this place out in these little like chambers and tombs. And like, you know, if you came back an hour later, there'd be hundreds of people there. And it's just so much nicer just doing it at your own pace. And yeah. And I couldn't agree more. Like if you can avoid that, those tourist traps. So hot tip, Stuart, if you have one, for listeners, yeah. Uh, what is a way that you can find out these kind of? Is there, is there a, like a system you have to find out these schedules so you can avoid the buses, so you can avoid these things? Uh, so I think it depends where you are, but generally the, the the two big ways to do it either just talk to whoever, it, go to your accommodation and just talk to the person at reception and be like, oh, you know, what what are the normal for the normal procedures for tours? Um, and then just go online and look at the tours, see what time they pick you up, see what time they drop you off. And you can generally work out, have a good guess because they'll have the itinerary lined up and they all, for most parts of the world, every company will just follow the exact same itinerary in the exact same order. That's been my experience. Yeah. I, I try and avoid a lot of tours. Mm. So I much prefer to like, even if it's going to cost me more, I'll pay a driver to go take, like uh, when I was at the Great Wall, uh, I did it with my brother. Which Great Wall? The great war. Okay, sorry. <laughs> the, uh, I, I was there with my brother and my cousin and we had to pick up our tickets for the Trans-Mongolian. And so we missed the tour that our hostel was doing to the Great Wall, but we really yeah. wanted to go and timing was tight. So we just paid a dude to drive us there. Yeah. And we ended up going. There was no one else on the wall. So it was just the three of us just like cruising along. It was magic. Yeah. Awesome. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, I think one other thing that I really do enjoy about uh, going to an old place is sometimes you have like a romanticized idea of what it is mm. and you might not get that same thrill of like oh my god i'm in a new place you might not get that excitement but you do you see things and you like it's kind of like you fall in love and you're like i love this so much and it's like a different feeling it's not necessarily excitement it's just like oh i just love this so much like i know when i whenever i go to thailand and i have my first chang and my first meal i'm like oh i just swell you know it's just so good yeah totally i think also like for me, one of the things that happens is that if I went to a place and fell in love with it, if I see it then on TV, in a movie, like I just keep thinking, like flashing back to another time I spent there, but trying to like pick out little sites that I'm like, oh, I remember that. That was awesome. That was so cool. And so I think there are a few places where that happens. I think New York is definitely one of them. Like I went there being like, oh, I'm sure New York will be fun, but it definitely exceeded my expectations. And so obviously New York features pretty heavily in TV shows, etc. Yeah. And so just seeing that on TV all the time always kind of sparks that love for me in New York. And I, I still haven't been back yet. I've definitely, it's on the list to do. What's your, uh, what's your favorite city in the US? Oh, look, I've actually got a lot of favorite cities in the US. Can I only pick I can, one? I can only pick one. I would go New York, yes. Okay, cool. Do you have a favorite? I'm an LA, I'm an LA boy. All right, of course. Yeah. I mean, lived there for five years. Four years. Well, no, actually, I, I lived there for three years and then I went traveling for a year. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm an I'm an LA guy. I like you know a lot of people rag on LA, but sure. after living there, I, I you know I completely fell in love with it. I yeah. just I just watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, and watching the scenes i'm like i know that place i know that place i know that place i know that place and like you know you said that you see movies in you know with new like in new york yeah uh you see all these movies for me it's even weirder because in la i'll they'll, they'll film in a bar and i'll be like i love that bar yeah you know like there's a there's a scene in seven psychopaths where they're drinking it or just a generic bar mm. and it was one of my favorite bars to go to on a sunday and get drunk yeah and i saw that scene and i was like yes <laughs> like cheering like i was so happy and everyone was like why are you so happy <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely 
you know, so, yeah, so there are plenty of great things about going back to a place and that, you know, romanticism is, you know, certainly part of it. But then I guess it must be stated that there are disadvantages of going back to Oh, man, lots of disadvantages. Have, have you been disappointed upon returning to a place? Oh, dude, I've been so disappointed because places change. Places change so quickly. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've been like I, I went to um, a beach called Rayleigh in thailand over i was there over new year's yep uh or no i was just there just after new year's this year um and i went there and i when i first went there there was a place me and my friends stayed at and it was about 10 bucks a night mm-hmm. it was just this little bungalow and it was a bit shit but it was fine you know it was nice it was yeah. nice for 10 bucks it was really good yeah went back there again and that same bungalow is charging 115 dollars. what yeah hasn't changed anything either it's still the same bungalow Ugh. it's just because the place has become so developed yeah and it's so popular now that accommodation the charges are through the roof but yeah a lot of the problems now is uh they have all these day trips that come in and it's all these russian and chinese tourists uh. who come in and they trash the beaches so they just leave their shit everywhere. The beaches are filthy now. And it used to be, I used to think it was the most, one of the most beautiful spots in Thailand. Yeah. And seeing it get destroyed like that. Yeah. It, it hurts. And the same thing has happened, I think, to a lot of Southern Thailand. Like I don't, I don't think I'll probably go back to Southern Thailand. Never. I maybe, yeah, but like, I think there are, I'd probably go to the islands either, um, would like not the traditional idea of Southern mm-hmm. Thailand. So not like going to Koh Samui, Koh Phangan, Koh Tao. Yeah. Or going to like Rayleigh, Krabi area, like Koh Lanta, yeah. that area. So I think I'd probably end up going to islands that are further north in the Andaman Sea. Okay. Or I'd go to places that are near Koh Chang. So like by the Cambodian border. Mm, so I think they would be like the islands that I'd go to. And then I have yeah. my, fra- my favorite beach, which is in the middle of Thailand, which is Prechup Kirikan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like going back and seeing how it's changed like that, it hurt. Mm. Like it really did. I was really upset. I was like, oh man, like it just... It felt really bad. Um, yeah. So have you have you had anything similar to that or uh, not not to that same extent? I don't think. Um, look, in terms of going back to places, one place that does stand out, which you know, I guess it probably goes in the disadvantage column, was I went back to a little quaint town in uh, the state of Nevada called Las Vegas. <laughs> so it's you know, I, obviously the you know it's got a reputation, and so the first time I went there, just absolutely loved it. Had a really fun trip, like four four days there, and you know, four days in Vegas is certainly enough time in Vegas. Uh, and then went back uh, about a year. And a, I was there about a year and a half later. Spent three days there, and it kind of felt a little bit like chasing the dragon. Like you're kind of be like, oh, this thing was so fun. Let's do this. This was awesome. This was so good. And you know, part of it was the first time that I was in Vegas. Like. I gambled and I won money. And, you know, obviously that doesn't usually happen. So then you're kind of like, I'll go back and I'll gamble more money. And then, of course, the equation is that I win more money, but it doesn't work the second time. It doesn't work out like that. Yeah. So then, you know, those little things taint it. But then you're also like, oh, do this. This will be really cool. This will be great again. And then so like went back to say like In-N-Out Burger, which, you know, went for the first time ever in in Vegas. That was a really fun first experience. The second time you're like, oh, yeah, this is just a piece of meat that's Full of fat. In, in, in and out burger isn't that great. No, yeah, it's people, not. people will lampoon me for saying that, but I, I, I don't think in and out burger is sure. that great. The experience is great for the first time, but the second yeah. time it, it kind of loses its kind of touch a little bit. It's so funny you talking about this because a lot of the stuff you're talking like I because I lived in LA. I went yeah. to Ve- I've probably been to Vegas about eight times. Yeah, like to be fair, some of those were for work. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were for like events. So also some of them, uh, you know, a call back to one of the um, one of the. Uh, people we talked about in our very first episode. Yeah. One of the times I went was um, the last time I went with David Way. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, he t- high roller, high roller. So he he booked a, he had like a penthouse booked at Caesars. Okay, uh, and randomly he, I was hanging out with him in LA, and he's like, "What are you doing this weekend?" And I was like, "Nothing, I'm just chilling." And he's like, "Come to Vegas." So I was like, "All right." So I just like hopped in his car and like went to Vegas with him. Uh, and so just living in LA gives you those kind of experiences to go. Like you just end up going back to those kind of places when you're living in a country like that. Yeah, and I think that one of the things when you go back to a place that you're quite familiar with you do lose that you do lose that bit of excitement that comes with a new place oh definitely and then like the culture shock certainly wears off doesn't it like you just get comfortable and like like you're saying with thailand like it became a bit of a second home for you yeah so the, the culture shock in many situations doesn't exist anymore like you expect certain things because you're very familiar with certain settings and surroundings and just how you know the local kind of ways work i do really like get it like having the culture shock too yeah i think it's a really important part of travel uh, i find that it's happening to me less and less as i get older and yeah. i travel more but maybe that's because i haven't sent myself somewhere that's that crazy you know maybe yeah. i've got to start going to places that are like really out there would you have anything that you would consider quite crazy quite out there that's <sighs> really on the to-do list i really want to go to pakistan oh wow yeah i um i really want to go i want to go to lahore um mm-hmm. So I, I just recently got a bunch of, my dad had the, my dad did a trip when he was young. He drove from Wellington to, uh, London. So yep. big trip. Uh, I want to do an episode about it eventually, but I won't unpack it too much now. But going through his photos, I saw all these photos of him in Pakistan and it looks gorgeous. Okay. Uh, and I did some, and it made me do some reading about it. And some of the stuff I read, I was like, wow, this sounds like a country that I really want to travel to. And it's not somewhere that is really on any kind of tourist trail, you know? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that'd be incredible. How about yourself? Anything you've... Uh, so definitely Sub-Saharan Africa is very high up on places that I would, would love to go. And I think if you're talking slow, like a little bit off the... Like, you know, Africa in general is probably a little bit off the, you know, the tourist trail, but yeah. some places not necessarily. But I'd love to go to Mozambique. I think that would be incredible. Yeah, Mozambique would be really cool. I just, I think just exploring Africa in general, that's, I haven't been to the continent yet. Mm. And I, I've got like, I really want to go to Senegal. I want to go to Rwanda. Mm. I want to go to Zanzibar. I mean, for Zanzibar is just going to be hanging out on the beach and you yeah. know, drinking cocktails or whatever. But you Any know, place with two Zs in it is just yeah. so fun to say. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. But yeah, so. That, I mean, I look, those places sound really cool. And I guess, yeah, getting the culture shock is really important. And it's such a dis- disadvantage when I think you don't. Yes. Well, not such a dis- That's a bit of an, an overstatement, I think. It's just, a, it's a disadvantage, I think. It's just something that, you know, when you, when you do go to a new place, it's so exciting. And to get that excitement or to lose that excitement, it's, it's a bit sad. Yeah. And I think for me, one of the things that I really enjoy when I get to a new place is trying to work out the local transport system. It's so satisfying, especially if you land the airport and can get to your accommodation purely on public transport. I just have an overwhelming sense of satisfaction. And usually on during that bit of transport, you just see so much of the local culture, just the way that people kind of go about their day-to-day life. You know, some of them are just going to and from work, of course. Have, have you ever been in a situation where you failed to do that? So you've gotten off at an airport and you haven't made it back on public transport? Nothing is coming to mind. Okay. I do remember when I got to Hong Kong, I was supposed to only catch one bus and ended up getting three buses because the first bus I got on was obviously not the correct bus. <laughs> and, but I was very persistent, very stubborn and got to where I needed to get to in the end. Similar thing happened when I was in New York. I flew into one of the three airports. I think it was LaGuardia, but you know, yeah. there, there are lots of them. And, uh, and like I hadn't done much planning, was traveling on a pretty low budget. and was like, was like, oh, how do I get to where I'm going to next? I was like, taxis are super expensive. 
information at the airport's kind of like you have to get a taxi and there was a bus there I was like well I'll get this bus and just see where it, it takes me and then next thing I knew I was like four blocks from my accommodation it worked out perfectly but I was on the bus the whole time freaking out being like I'm going to end up somewhere that I've no idea and like you know some parts of New York are beautiful and safe some parts have a bit of a reputation for not being so safe and I was like oh I wonder which part of New York I'll end up in <laughs> well good to see you ended up in the right part of New York well I was staying in the wrong part of New York but it was oh. also the right part of New York to get the bus to well, so there you go yeah you know, it kind of all works out in the end. Yeah, when I when I got to uh, New York, um, I was in a car crash. Oh, really? Yes, not a bad one. Uh, basically, the uh, the driver his brakes stopped working, and it, we we just rammed into the back of a car. Did you get warning? Like, did the driver let you know the brakes weren't working? No, so the the brakes it was just like at this one bit. So mm-hmm. he just we we're, were driving up, and then I wasn't paying attention because I, I I thought he was jamming his foot down on the brakes. Sure. Uh, and Steph seemed to think that he wasn't and okay. he just didn't see. But yeah. I thought he was. I like I could hear him hitting something. Mm. And it wasn't the gas. I know that much. Okay. But basically, yeah, we just rammed into the back of another car. And, uh, and yeah, we were in the middle of the, on the freeway or highway or whatever it was. Had mm. to get out of the car. Like, they pulled over. We're just like, we've got our bags and we're just sitting there. And we're like, oh, shit. Well, I guess we're just sitting on the highway. Like, what do you do in that point? Because there's no, it's not like there's any free taxis that are going to be coming past. Yeah. And luckily, a, a taxi pulled over and there was a couple in there. And they were like, oh, jump in. And so then they took us to oh, town. Which, which is really nice. Yeah. Probably you could put them in travel legend category of for doing that. But, uh, yeah, it was really good. So, yeah. And, Paul, do you find yourself when you go into a, a new place... Do you often find yourself comparing that new place to an old place, a place that you're a little more familiar with? It depends if I enjoy myself. Okay. So let's say, let's say going back to Cuba. Sorry, Cuba. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, I know we have a lot of Cuban listeners. So yeah, so we'll, hear, uh, we'll hear about it from there. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get an earful. Um, so we'll wait till we do the Cuban episode specifically, then we'll hear a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, when I went to Cuba, I was comparing it to Mexico because I'd okay. just been in Mexico and Mexico was amazing. Mm. And I, you know, I really love Mexico. And then I'm in Cuba and I'm not having a good time. And I'm like, yeah. damn, if I was in Mexico. And I think the, the one thing that I do, I don't really compare as in like, oh, I think this place is better than this place. Cause I do understand that all places are different. Yes. I think what I compare is I compare the amount I'm spending. Okay. So I have a big thing about cost to enjoyment ratio. You've got a spreadsheet? I don't have a spreadsheet. Okay. It's the spreadsheet of my mind. Sure. Okay. But it's, I do it with like, I do it with restaurants. I do it with, it's like a big thing for me where I'm like, I enjoy it. Like if I spend X amount and I get this amount of enjoyment, that's yeah. like, I, that's a ratio that I kind of like go on. Yeah. And so in, in Cuba, I was spending more money than I was in Mexico and I was having a shit at time. So yeah. I'm like, this is costing me more money. And I'm having a worse time. Yes. And I think that was, I think that's the, they're the times where I'm like, okay, I don't really like this, particularly if it is something like, you know, like I was just in Mexico and then now I'm in Cuba and I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. No, I completely understand that. How about yourself? Uh, Look, I think um, I I definitely compare places and I think the more I enjoy a place, the less likely I am to compare it to another place. I just kind of just enjoy the experience I'm in, kind of get, you know, overtaken by that but when i get to a place probably similar to you where i'm like oh i feel like there's always a bit of racial profiling when you're comparing a place to another place you would yeah. generally compare it to a place that's quite you know close by you know geographically yeah, which of course. You know, obviously makes sense um uh yeah and then there's always like the cost to fund ratio that you talk about that always kind of is a factor but i think one of the things that like will often happen when you're comparing one place to another is often you've had a bad experience or something just hasn't gone quite right. And then you're like, well, this wouldn't have happened there. 
But then the other thing for me is that often when you meet other travelers that talk about, they're like, oh, this place just isn't like this other place. That always really annoys me, like that jaded kind of approach. And so I always try not to at least verbalize it. I don't want to say anything about that now because yes. I have something saved for our travel legends and losers for that. Yes. Uh, but I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like I couldn't agree more with that. Do you have any examples of places you have specifically gone to and said, okay, this place isn't as good as this other place that I went to? Uh, no, I don't think I have any specific examples. Do you have any? Uh, Cuba. Okay. Yes, of course. You just. Cuba. Uh, I think, I think Cambodia. Yeah. So I didn't enjoy Cambodia as much as I enjoyed Vietnam, Laos or Thailand. Okay. And I mean, when you consider like clumping them together as like a, you know, you, when a lot of times people will go and travel to all four and they'll do like the backpacking trail around there. Yeah. Uh, I, I disliked Cambodia significantly more than the other three. Okay. Uh, so I think Cambodia is definitely one. Um, I didn't like Greece either. Okay. But I, I don't like saying that I didn't like Greece because I went to the Greek islands and was there for a month doing Greek stuff islands. around Greek island <laughs> yeah. stuff, which isn't really Greece. Sure. I, and, I, and I had like a really bad time in Athens, like almost got pickpocketed. And yeah. it was just it, it was just like a really not that great experience. And I'd just been in, in Albania, which I absolutely loved. Yes. And the whole time I was like, man, Albania is so much better than Greece. Greece sucks. But I don't want to say Greece sucks because I really want to go back and go to Meteora and do some of the stuff around there. So. Yeah. I don't want to jump the gun too much because I just went to a bunch of shitty islands in Greece. I can't. Yeah. This this is a Greece is a place that I really want to go back to, yeah. purely to prove yes. old Paul wrong. Yeah, yeah. And look, the Philippines is a little bit like that for me as well because I completely understand that I you know I didn't have the greatest time traveling there, but I don't think it was the Philippines' fault. I think it was external factors which you know I can't you know hold the Philippines responsible for. Can you elaborate on these external factors? Oh, well, like it was... So, for instance, I talked about that typhoon that hit. Like, I'm not going to blame the Philippines for the typhoon. I think that would be rude. Why not? (laughs) You know, maybe maybe in another episode, I would consider doing that. But then there was like... There was one bus trip that was just an absolute nightmare. And it was mainly because there were like three just jerks in the back of the bus. They were all travelers. You know, they weren't locals. So, like, that really tainted that experience. And that was like a, you know... It was a 12-hour bus trip, but like it kind of... kind of soured the next day and a half as well and you've got like things like that where you know i did a four-day hike which was a beautiful hike but there were two of the most whingiest people i've ever met who were part of that hike and you know they're both australian so once again not the philippines fault yep. so just things like that that kind of just all came together on the one trip and you're like well i don't blame the philippines but it all happened in your country so you've got to be somewhat responsible <laughs> you, you, the onus is somewhat on you yes. yeah exactly. it is funny how how you can have like a couple of shitty travelers and they ruin an experience for you yeah. so something that could have otherwise been great is ruined just by bad people well, and yeah, and I think, and so I'm always cautious that when people are like, oh, I'm going to the Philippines, what should I do? If they ever ask for recommendations, I'm just like, these are places I really enjoyed, but I usually don't give too much information or details because I'm like, I don't want to taint them with my experience that wasn't like, you know, as good as it could have been. And I also do remember this happened a few years or probably last year, whenever you went to Cuba, you sent me a message being like, going to Cuba, what should I do? And you'd already booked the flight. So I, there wasn't the point where I was like, oh, don't book flights potentially but that was like it was like oh well these are things i really enjoy these are the, th- the highlights for me but i was also like it's too late to is it is it too late to abort oh man <laughs> i i do regret it i like actually okay no i don't regret it that's a silly way to think i'm sure. glad i went because it made i remember when we got back to mexico mm. i was like 
Oh, it was so good. And it made yeah. me just appreciate so much more. But I think, yeah, my last year when I did this big trip, it was, um, it was, it was a really weird one because, mm. uh, I was working the whole time. So I was working remotely. Uh, so which was, which was fantastic because it meant I came home with more money than I left with, yeah. which is when you're traveling, that's like insanely good. Of course. So this is going back to the sex tourism comment we made. Oh, yeah. yeah. Going back to the sex tourism, always with you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, um, Basically, I, met, I came back home with more money than I left with, which is fantastic. For sure. Uh, I tried to do that in Vegas and did not work. Definitely out. didn't work the second time. Yeah. Kind of almost worked the first time. But one of the problems with that is what I was doing is there were so many places I wanted to go to and there were so many things I wanted to do that I couldn't do because I constantly needed to be connected to internet. So yes. I needed to be hooked up to internet and I needed to be able to like access Wi-Fi because I needed to dial into meetings every day and I needed to do a bunch of writing for this company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cuba was the one time where I was like, I'm going to give myself like two weeks off. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to give myself two weeks off where I don't have to be connected to the laptop. Cuba's great. There's no internet any- anyway. Like I'm just going to go there. It's going to be amazing. No work, nothing, no thinking about it. Yeah. And I got there and was like, that was a waste. Yeah. Like okay. there were so many other places that I would have loved to have gone. Like I really wanted to go to Lhasa. I wanted to go to, to Tibet. Right. Yeah. And that was, that was the other one that I was contemplating. So it was like Cuba or Lhasa. Okay. I really regret that I went to Cuba and not Lhasa. Sure. Although, to be fair, at the time that I would have gone to Lhasa, I ended up screwing up my back and wouldn't have made it there anyway. Okay. So, yeah. you know, it's swings, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, is there any place that you've been that you have regretted going, do you think? Uh, yeah. So, I did definitely have some regret about my time in El Salvador. Like, it just didn't work out. Probably yeah. a little bit similar to the Philippines. And I think part of that was just like it was during Semana Santa, the week leading up to Easter. So everything could close down. All the things I wanted to do just weren't available. There was this really beautiful trail. Uh, I don't know, something to do with the flowers. I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. El Sendero de los Flores, something like that. Um, Sounds pretty rad. Yeah, and it was meant to be awesome. Really looking forward to it. Got there and they were like, oh, those buses that take you from town to town, which is like a 50-kilometer stretch, don't run for the next 10 days. And I was like, oh. oh. That's a long time to wait. And I was like, I was like, well, I'll see how much I enjoy El Salvador. I've got the time. If I'm still having fun, you know, in a week's time, then I'll hang around and wait for the buses to start up again. I spent two days there and was, it was just really unenjoyable. And I was kind of like the last bus out of the country into Honduras, uh, were left uh, for, like for a week, a period of a week because of Semana Santa left on the third day I was there. I was kind of like, I'm getting out of here. I don't, I don't have any interest in waiting you know, any, anything more than two days to, you know, hopefully get this experience to improve. So I just got on the bus and got out of there. So in conclusion, yes, <laughs> I want to know what you think about, like just a high level summary, going to new places, going to old places, where you are now at life, you get, you know, the next in someone, you, you, you get randomly fired. Not saying that you're going to get fired. I hope you don't. Look, it's possible, but let's not rule it out. You, you get fired and then now you have some time off, like three months off. Are you going to go to a new place or an old place? Uh, I would definitely focus on a new place if I had three months off. Yeah. I would potentially throw in a few old places in the mix. But yeah, definitely at this point in life, new places are still definitely more enticing for me. Sweet. And you, Paul? I would do, I definitely do new places. Last year I did a massive trip and a lot of it was like a tour of duty of like old places that I loved basically because I was working. Okay. Uh, and the whole time I was working, I was like, well, I'm working. So I want to kind of be in places that I know that I can work. Okay. You know, so yeah. 
like I went to a lot of new places, but I also went to places that I, I, I loved and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to these places because I really love them. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's time to go on to our travel legends and losers. Sounds good. All right. Uh, shall I go first this week? Uh, yes, you should. All right. And I'll take a legend this week, if that's all right with you, Paul. It certainly is. Excellent. All right. So one travel legend that absolutely stands out in my mind is a lady I met in Dallas, Texas. Oh, sorry, Houston, Texas, uh, was going to the Texan rodeo. So the big annual event. It's like a, it's like a, maybe a week long event went on the Saturday. Turned up, uh, like we'd just arrived in Houston the day before doing a road trip, you know, from coast to coast. And so hadn't really looked into Houston very much. Found out there was a rodeo on pretty much as we arrived and we're like, well, that sounds awesome. A rodeo in Texas sounds. Did, did you get dressed up? Uh, look, didn't get dressed up going to the event, but there were a lot of freebies that we got our hands on, which involved a cowboy hat. So I did have a cowboy hat at this rodeo. Amazing. So you get to the rodeo and there's a whole bunch of things. So it's the same stadium that the Houston Texans, the uh, f- American football team there, play in. So it's this 100,000-seat stadium. It's massive. Got a roof over the top. Really cool. And then outside of it, there's a whole bunch of things happening. So like arcade games, kind of rides, a, lot, a whole bunch of things. Um, and so a lot of people that go to the rodeo aren't actually going inside the stadium to see, you know, the bull riding, all those kind of things. Because even though 100,000 seats sounds like a lot... There are the the kind of the demand for seats is much higher than what they can cater for. Yeah. Uh, so we got there and we're like, oh great, like hundred thousand seat stadium. We'll just rock up and buy tickets. Got there, you know, only found out about the day before, and of course, complete sellout. So it was a little bit disappointing to be like, oh, we're at the rodeo and we get to see no rodeo. Uh, and so within five minutes, we're like, well, we may as well like walk around, check out all the other things that are happening here. It's still like a very fun experience. Yeah. Uh, and so then was just, well, there was a lady working there who worked for, I think it's State Farm. Is that like an insurance company? They, they, State Farm is an insurance company. Funnily enough, they are the sponsors for the company that I, the, I, I write for a competitive League of Legends. Yeah. And they're the sponsors of our league. Well, there you go. Okay. Okay, so State Farm, there was a lady there that was doing some promoting for State Farm, really friendly, gregarious lady, and came up to us and was like, how are y'all doing? Exactly that accent. Fantastic. Uh, how are y'all doing? And we're like, oh, pretty good. She's like, oh, where are y'all from? Could tell that we obviously weren't from Texas. And we're like, oh, Australia. And she goes, oh, you're here for the rodeo? And we were like, well, we thought we were. Then we found out it was a sellout. She goes, oh, hold on a minute. And then she walked away, came back, and she was like, had a big microphone and was like, uh, she was like, oh, like what? Just with quietly whispers to us, oh, what are your names? And so then she's like, oh, I'll look after you. Uh, and then she pulls out the microphone and goes, all right, we're going to announce today's winners of the two free tickets to the rodeo. And then read out my name and my girlfriend's name at the time. And we were just like, what? And she goes, yeah, I couldn't let you guys come all the way from Australia to not see the rodeo. Oh, my God. And so we just is... rigged the whole contest. I don't know if people were buying tickets into this. I'm not sure how you would get your name in, in, the, in the prize pool. But we just walked straight up and then got two free tickets. And these tickets were like, you know, 10 rows back from the very front. They would have been very, very expensive tickets. That is incredible. Was... What an absolute legend. Absolute legend. So, so good. And the rodeo, for all intents and purposes, was very enjoyable. Man, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, so I've taken a legend. This, Paul, means for, that... For every legend, there is a loser. There is, yes. Uh, I have. I actually have two. Oh, okay. This is, this is, this is a, based on something that you said earlier. I'm throwing another person Ooh, into this mix. Please, go ahead. 
So, uh, one of them was in Laos. Okay. Uh, in Bang Vien, which we've spoken about before. It was just this guy who was hanging out with all of us. So, there's a big group of us who are all drinking. This is after I've dislocated my shoulder. We're all hanging out drinking. There's a big crew of us. And this guy's kind of like blown into the group. Okay. No one, he's not friends with any of us. He's just a guy that's kind of like blown in. And we're like, oh yeah, cool. Like more people, more the merrier. Like yes. always invite a traveler in kind of thing. Definitely. But the problem was we were all talking about our travel experiences and he'd just come from India. Okay. And every single time we spoke about something, so we'd all be having a great conversation. He'd just say, Haha, yeah, you haven't traveled until you've been to India. I mean, that's deniably incorrect. Yeah. I mean, and, undeniably incorrect. Like, uh, And so, he, he was like, yeah, yeah. And we'd all kind of stop and be like, okay. And then we'd keep talking. Yeah. And then he'd be like, we'd be talking about something completely different. And then he'd go like, oh, in India, I was, I did this and I did yeah. that. And, you know, like it was such a good experience. And, you yeah. know, you haven't traveled till you've been to India. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, dude, you need to shut the fuck up and yeah. like what are you doing like go back to fucking india then you know <laughs> yeah totally it's very frustrating when you come across those kind of those opinions really yeah uh, and then someone similar that i met in sevilla in spain um was a girl from israel okay who did something similar but was basically we were doing a walking tour and she was pointing out everything and being like oh it's better in israel what and it's like oh this is better in israel like, They're the food gonna... is better in Israel. The beaches are better in Israel. Everything's better in Israel. And I'm like, dude, why'd you leave Israel then? Ridiculous uh, comparison. Sevilla is uh, so different to Israel. I know. And so, well, I don't know. I haven't actually been to Tel Aviv or Israel. Well, um, look, I've been to both. I can adamantly <laughs> state they're very different. But she just kept saying that about everything. And I was like, it was really spoiling the walking tour because the, the girl who was taking the walking tour was this Mexican girl and she was amazing and really yeah. fun and blah, blah. And then, like, she'd say something and then this girl would just like better in israel and you're like dude such a wet wet towel i know oh it's so terrible so yeah i just figured that i'd clump those two together so like what you said earlier when someone travels somewhere and then complains about it and compares it to somewhere else and being like it's not as good as this it's like dude just enjoy yourself like shut the fuck up yeah completely agree um but yeah i think uh on on the note of those losers let's go into languages of the world I like it. You're going to start this time, mate? Uh, I am. I've gone with Mandarin this week, which means that, like every week, my pronunciation will be very far from <laughs> how it should be. Yeah. Um, so, this week we're starting with hello, then thank you, cheers, and finishing up with, as always, delicious. Uh, so, in Mandarin, it's ni hao for thank you, uh, for hello. <laughs> for thank you is share share. Yeah. Uh, for cheers, it's gonbei. Yeah. And then for delicious, it's hao cheer. How cheer. Yes, which I quite like that. It's like how cheer. How, how cheer, how cheerful. It's, yeah. it's got a, you could almost like put it into English a little bit and be like, that still kind of makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as about your pronunciation oh, on these. So am I. I feel like you could be a little off the mark, oh, but we'll That'd see. be great. If I was only a little bit off the mark, I'd be pretty happy with oh, that. Okay. Well, I'm going to do... I know you critiqued me last week about only doing Asian languages. Yes. So I'm going to go to our Latin brothers Ooh. and we're going to go French. I like it. Uh, so for hello is bonjour. For thank you, it's merci or merci beaucoup. Uh, for cheers, it's santé, which means health. Yes. Uh, for delicious, there are, you can say like, is like, you can say delicious or the delicious. I don't know. My pronunciation for those are terrible, but it's for ma- masculine and feminine. So one okay. of them's masculine, one of them's feminine. Yeah. So I say so it's screw- 2019. So, yeah. but I say screw both those things yeah. off. Don't worry about it. That shit's too complicated. So you just say, say formidable, ah, which nice. I assume means 
Formidable. Hmm. Très bien. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of We'd Rather Be Traveling. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're also on uh, iTunes. And you can also head to our website, wrbtraveling.com, or hit us up on the socials, which are both Twitter and Instagram. And the handle is at wrbtraveling. See you next time. Bye.